everyone. Welcome to the, the Spooktacular Phoenix Down. This is our Halloween series, and this is number 52.1. And we're continuing our playthrough of Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem. Uh, I'm Drew, and tonight I have with me Matt Quinn. Hello. And returning guest, Dave Paley. Hi. So yeah, um, as I was saying right before I hit the record button, I don't exactly know how to talk about this game because the pacing, it just seems like it goes by so fast sometimes. Aside from like chapter six, which we'll talk about, but it seems like, you know, A, I'm traversing familiar territory. It seems like I'm always going through someplace I've already been before. And B, like I, I know Matt, you said that you've had some issues in chapters four and five with just difficulty. Uh, I haven't ran into any. And Matt just hung up. I now see. I had uh, definite difficulty in four. Basically, the first time you see one of those big giant monsters right um i I probably reloaded like five or six times really because i was yeah i don't remember what i was i don't know i just i got my ass handed to me a lot once you finally get the third color and it starts to click that there's a rock paper scissors element to it those things alleviate but at the beginning where those guys are just like here's a lightning attack that will hit you from anywhere also i have loads of reach and anything i do is going to stun lock you for for a good two seconds right there's a lot of fucking stun locking in this game there is a lot of stun locking in this game (laughs) Um, my, my thing, I haven't died yet in this game. Now I, I, all right. I don't know if it was a sanity effect or what, but I fought one of those giant horror things, the ones with the three faces. I mean, and I died, but then it just took me, I just showed back up in the previous room and I was like, okay, well that was weird. And I just started, it seemed like I just reloaded a checkpoint or something, even though you have to manually save in this game. Um, but honestly, I haven't had that much issue out of this. Now, there's been times where I've had to hold back for a minute and you'll know, heal or something like that, but I don't know. I've died probably 30 times so far. Holy shit. I'd, I had yeah, a it rough match in, in four, a little bit in five, too. I mean, I probably died 20 times in chapter four and then maybe 10 times in chapter five and still another four or five times in chapter six. It's getting a little easier, but man, that was a rough patch where I just, I almost gave up. Not, not gave up, gave up, but almost had to put it down and come back another day. So, I, all right, go ahead, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I did that in chapter four because it seemed like I was getting into this bad cycle of air, you know, a couple of areas in a row where I couldn't save and yeah. then I would die and the, it's not a quick process waiting for the game to tell you that you're dead, waiting for the logos, waiting till, you know, like the darkness comes. Yeah. That alone takes time. Um, 
but then just also it was yeah it was like okay now i gotta play these two rooms again yeah my my compounding problem there is that the rooms are so easy and knowing what to do is so easy that i rush it and i'm like all right yep just these three enemies and oh shit he got me or like the the little guys i forget what they're called the the horrors that jump on you Oh, the uh, bone thieves? Bone, bone thieves. Yeah, those things, those things were probably responsible for half of my deaths. Really? Now, what Now, what was... I remember we talked about it last time, and I did finally figure out that apparently I chose red. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably said something different last time. What, what were the different... Were the, was the color of the rune you selected part of the difficulty of the game? Yes. So if you chose red, that means you're going to run into usually more red enemies, uh, and that means that they have more health. All right, that would explain some things. If you chose um, blue, it means that they use magic spells. So multiple times I will run into like a, a rel- relatively large zombie, and when I hit him, he explodes, but it gives me enough time to where I can run out of the way of it unless I'm surrounded. And when he explodes, it actually can hurt other enemies as well. But the issue there is is that I can't finish them off because, well, they exploded. So I still lose my sanity. And if you choose the sanity one, you, you run to the green guys who, even though you chopped like, their head off, they have like a silhouette of a head so they can still see you. You kind of can't slow them down. Yeah, um, and I think you, you lose more sanity from them, I think, right? You do, you do. And so, man, you chose green, right? I chose green this time because I chose blue last time. I chose blue this time, so I think I got the easier run here because I have not died yet. I have not got a game over screen. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time yesterday looking at that screen. Yeah. Wow. Same. So um, let's just jump into the story. So basically, y- you'll start seeing a pattern here. We're, we're amassing a team to fight against the evil, I'm guessing, um, because we, we're constantly reading pages out of this this book, the, the Tome of Eternal Darkness, um, as Alex uh, in the year 2000, and we're going and playing the lives of other people and it, they always usually come to some kind of horrible demise. (laughs) Um, but we learn a few things through each time we're we're learning new abilities. We're learning new spells, stuff like that. Um, and it allows Alex to explore more of the mansion that she's in. So, uh, the fourth chapter, um, God, I can't remember what year it takes place. But um, you play as a Persian man. Kareem. Kareem. And he uh, is wanting to... All he wants to do is marry the love of his life. This woman who um, has pretty much convinced him to go to this temple to acquire some type of of trinket. Uh, She says it contains enormous power and she wants it and if he gets it for her she she will promise herself to him forever 
So he goes to the temple and um, starts running into the insanity, you know, monsters, stuff like that. Um, I remember the last time I played this for Game Club, this was the chapter that really kind of broke me sometimes. Um, yeah, it almost broke me. Because it's really combat heavy. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I I mean maybe it, it it does make that big of a difference depending on what color you choose. Um, but I didn't have any problems this time around. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like I'm in a really good combat groove when it's just the basic guys. Yeah, right. I've got the timing down to where I run up, hack them twice until their head falls off, run away before they can hit me with their swing, and then get behind them or, or tackle a different guy. And if it's just plain guys, I could probably tackle dozens and dozens without getting hit, assuming that there's not, you know, other traps or anything around. Right. It's some of these bigger guys. Like, I was just in Chapter 6 where some guys grabbed me, and as soon as they grabbed me, I died. I had two-thirds of my life... And they just grabbed me and drained me all the way to zero, and then I died. And I was Oof. like, well, I, I could have easily killed them if, if they had just damaged me like a normal enemy would, but, you know, it's like a, a one-hit kill. Right. So it, it, it's that and the guys that jump on me that I can't sort of outrun, and then some of the other guys that are uh, proving more challenging or when they mix in multiple types of guys or whether there's things to navigate that I get stuck on. But, yeah. you know, it's it's the combat in general, but specifically it's sort of the, the layering in of the combat that, that, that's that been a bit awkward for me. And that, and again, a lot of rushing, I think, uh, has not contributed to an, a nice uh, pace where I'm making progress. So, yeah, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Chapter 4 was definitely where the combat started to wear on me. Um, just it's, it's sluggish. You know, once you get the timing, it's not that bad, but I, yeah, I don't just, everything feels slow. Um, especially in four, because you get that really long sword. Yeah. Catching on everything. Yeah, that thing's pretty great because, you know, you just swing a big-ass arc with it. Yeah, um, in the open, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's got that uh, that nice, like, overhand swing that chops a bunch of stuff down. But in, in general, 4 was where the balance of combat to everything else shifted too far for me. And I was spending too much time doing it. And it kind of kind of exposes that it's pretty one note, I think, in that sense. Yeah. It most certainly is. But um so uh continuing on through um with his story when we finally make it to the end, um uh Kareem makes it to basically the end of the temple. Um where um, he runs into, uh, God, what is her name? Uh, Chandra, that's her name. Um, 
she uh we get a cutscene telling us that she has basically given herself to another man. What Kareem doesn't understand that apparently time has really passed uh while he was in this temple and he didn't realize it. And he's actually talking to her ghost. Um and um she tells Kareem uh that the artifact that she was wanting um they need to protect it because if it gets into the hands of the bad guys which you know, Max Maximus I think is his name um is that was no uh, was Augustus Augustus there you go Augustus Max Maximilian is the next guy uh, Augustus he's working for the bad guy if they get their hands on that then it can destroy the world so he decides to um I guess guard over whatever this artifact is. Um, see here, I'm, I'm looking at the fact, or not the fact, but the Wikipedia page says, although initially reluctant to believe her, he sacrifices himself so he can watch over the artifact. Um, does he die? Did we see him die here? Like he kisses her ghost, and then it does that kind of lightning thing. Right. Yeah, maybe he quantum leaped. Yeah. But uh Yeah, I So she she's not particularly likable from the beginning of the chapter. Right. Um but yeah, then at the end of the chapter she's basically like, "Yeah, you were gone, so I went and did whatever, but hey, I've already been punished and, you know, now that you're back with the thing that I want, I'm back into you." Like my feelings about her somehow went downhill and they started very, very low. Yeah. Not, not exactly a well-rounded character. No, no, she, she's a bitch. The, the issue there is though, is that I think now that she's, she realizes that there's more to this than just, Oh, well, this guy loves me and he wants to be with me. Um, she's like, okay, we need to protect this thing. So it, from what I can gather just by, by watching the story unfold is that all these people are basically coming together throughout history to stop the bad guys from obtaining this artifact. And this artifact is basically, which we will find out in the sixth chapter, um, is basically protecting that giant thing of fleshy goo with eyeballs. Um, apparently that's the only thing that's holding the, uh, the bad guys from coming over into our realm. Uh, and so we're having to acquire all these quote unquote heroes to, um, to stop it from happening. Um, after that, I, I can't remember how we get the next, um, piece of the uh, story. Uh, is it the, she sees her dead grandfather disappear through the wall. Right. Where there, there has obviously been a door at some point. Uh huh. Yep. I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, that's also, is that, uh, did you guys get the bathroom thing? Oh yeah. That was the one I was talking about last week, last, uh, show we did that, that scare. Yeah, that's a good one. I that, like that. Did it, did it make you jump? 
it didn't really make me jump. Um, but it was it was more like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. This I, I started getting a lot more of the things that I was the things that pitched me on this game this right. time around, as opposed to last yeah. week. Like uh more you know, more sanity effects, more of that, you know, weird stuff, random wall bleeding. Um I got more into that this time around, which was good. So, I mean, was any of them jump out at you? The uh, any any good ones that you want to talk about? Um, I got the uh, where it says, starts to show the title screen for like five or ten seconds, like mm-hmm. the game rebooted. Um, I had one with a bugs crawling on the screen. That was cool. Uh, I got some random wall bleeding. Uh, ones where, you know, I would walk into a room and I would be one of the zombies or like I would go to use a healing spell and my body would just randomly chop in half. All right. Um, the, 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 there was one point where the game crashed and I actually assumed that it was a sanity effect. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. The best. I had was the one that lasted like 20 minutes where it said I couldn't read my disc until I realized it wasn't a sanity effect. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one that, the, the one that, you know, so it's like you expect them, right? But the, the title screen one got me for a second and I'm right at the end of chapter six. I got the, all right, I'm finally done with this. I'm Alex. I'm back in the house. I'm going to save. You know, this is like 30 minutes ago, so I got to get this done. And it basically popped up and said, are you sure you want to delete all of your saves? (laughs) And it's like, well, no. okay, obviously. So, you know, you pick whatever the no option is. It's like, all right, deleting everything. That's fine. You know, goes through all of the motions and all of that stuff. Like those, those things are really good. And I can imagine playing it for the first time, not knowing about those. Yeah would have been extra great, but they're, I, I mean, they're good enough to appreciate even knowing that the game's going to fuck with you like that. Cause they pick some really inventive ways to do it. Yeah. They did that. The, um, what's the, 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 I think it was after this chapter when you beat it, it fades to black and then it pops up and says, uh, to be continued in eternal darkness Two. <laughs> yeah. That was a good redemption. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, all right, obviously that's, that's fake, but, I was like, huh, that's a pretty good, because it, it took me back. I was like, why is it fading to black like that? No, oh, haha, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, there's a, there's a really good ones in there. Um, some that like, that just take you by surprise. Like there's plenty of times where I'm like, ah, my sanity's not that low. And all of a sudden, like I walk into a room and as I continue walking, my body is shrinking slowly to where I can barely see myself on the screen. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, it's one of those fucking sanity effects. Oh, I've not that one. Ones where I walk into a room and all of a sudden there's like seven giant zombies all right next to me. Yeah. And, I'm like, ah! and then all of a sudden they disappear. Oh, there's a good one uh, in chapter six for me that I got. Um, but yeah, let's talk about chapter five. Chapter five um, takes place in 1760. Uh, and you play as Maximilian Rovius, which is great, great grandfather. No, it's gotta be lower than that. It's, he, he's a, a distant relative 
of uh, Alex, the main character that we're playing as. Uh, and he is basically in the um, the mansion that we're in, but in, obviously in the 1700s. And he is kind of like... He's finding all these tomes and reading about them, and he's starting to put the pieces together. He's like the guy who's finally learn, understanding a lot of this stuff. Instead of people just wandering into a temple and and experiencing this stuff, he's reading up on it. So, um, he, um, it's all about, it takes place in his mansion. He's got servants who turn into bone thieves. Um, I also like it in this level because, you know, you always see those big hallways, the, the main, like, the main entryway and think it's a safe zone. And then when you have the giant three headed guy appear right in that room, I think that, I don't know how many games do that. I know there's at least a couple that do that, but you know, you, you have your safe zone and then it gets invaded. Right. Uh, but, but, uh, that was good. Yeah. Fatal frame did that fatal frame. You, you know, you'd, uh, you'd go to like a save point and, um, I know in Fatal Frame 2 is specifically did this where you would go to a save point and you'd hit the save button and it wouldn't work and then you, the little ghost like meter would pop up I'm like what the fuck and you bring up your camera and a ghost pops out of the fucking save point scares the living shit out of you um, but yeah that, uh, this one is a lot of running around you go downstairs uh, you grab a few things, you go back upstairs. Um, and this one is the one where you, we're constantly learning new spells and stuff like that. And I'm finding that me experimenting with spells is doing absolutely nothing. So I need to just stick to what I can find. Um, but this guy is slow as shit because he's, he's, he's fat. And, uh, he, <laughs> Combat with him is kind of hard. Yeah, and his sword is pretty weak. His sword is weak. He has two pistols. Unfortunately, he only has two shots because they're like muzzle loaders, flintlock pistols. So you have to uh, reload, and it takes a long time to do so. So, go ahead. Sorry, I. No, no, go ahead. You got something to say. I, I like the idea of adding the range stuff. Like, I know they do that in Kareem's chapter with his throwing discs, but those things kind of suck. Um, I like the pistols, and then in the next chapter, you wind up with, like, a pistol and a shotgun. One of One of the frustrating things to me is you have to be standing absolutely still for a lot of this shit to work. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I want to reload. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. Okay. I mean, I feel like I practically have to put the controller down and then hit the B button to reload. And then most of the time he only reloads one of the two pistols that he's dual wielding. So it's just, uh, yeah. Was it a sanity effect? I like, I had a couple times where I tried to reload and he ended up like shooting himself. <laughs> That's awesome. I never Maybe saw that. Really bad at reloading. I'm not sure. 
Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a sanity effect. So then this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm not sure, you know, I know that spells are finicky about you need to be standing perfectly still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as well, because I've I've definitely had instances where like I go into the menu and I trigger a spell and then just kind of nothing happens because my guy was still in the process of taking a half step or whatever. Is have you guys had the thing where you trigger a spell, you're standing still, and, and then it's just like a light bulb, like flickering out, like it just dies and doesn't do anything, like it's it sputters and I don't know if that's a sanity effect or a function of different characters being better or worse with magic, but it seems like that's happening more. Is it what happens if you don't have enough magic to cast the spell? No, like that pops up a, a specific, like, Hey, you can't do this. This, um, a lot of the times. So if I'm, if I'm coming out of a menu, like if you cast the spell within the menu, uh, I'll see the magic meter drop and just nothing at all will happen, which could totally be emulation um, because I am playing it on Dolphin. But a lot of these other times, like I'll, I cast a spell and there's like, you know, that typical like lights going out spark type sound. And it'll just kind of pop and fizzle and do nothing. I haven't had that. Yeah, I don't think I have. Okay, because I've gotten that probably six or seven times. Oof. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't. I've never had that happen actually. Sometimes it feels like it's related to me being close to objects, and if one of the you know one of the symbols on the floor when you cast a spell is overlapping with like. A, you know, a rock in one of the temples or something, then maybe that's what causes it to crap out. But that doesn't seem to be an all the time thing. Yeah, I don't know that one. Um, that's a good question. I don't. Yeah, it may be something you might want to look up. Um, but yeah, so I think with him, does he realize he has? Like, because he he somehow ends up in part of like a dungeon or a temple that's under his house. Yeah, because yeah. reveal invisible spell, right? Yeah. So, did he build that, or is this some kind of like teleport portal or something, or? I kind of took away that the house is built on this ancient buried city. Right. Yeah, but, there is an whole ancient city under his house. Yeah. A little weird. Maybe maybe he he there's like some kind of like dimensional rift that he's walking through when he goes downstairs or something, but yeah, so he he runs into basically the the I don't know what it is. Like, it's been so long since I actually played this freaking game. Um, but there is a underground city under his mansion in Rhode Island. Sure. And um, he, I guess he didn't realize this. So, um, but he, he basically, 
at the end of it, uh, he, he fights this, this, another big monster. Um, I didn't have any problem with this one because I just yeah. kept. I thought this was one of the easiest ones. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the regular guys, I thought. Yeah. That was the, that was the spider, wasn't it? The, or the. It kept teleporting around. Yeah, the spider type thing. Yeah. But um after he after we beat that, he we see the cutscene of him basically he returned back to his home um and was wanting to tell everybody about what he saw. Unfortunately nobody believed him. In fact they thought he was insane. And so our last scene of him is him yelling through uh, the doors of a, a cell in an insane asylum. And that's, that's where we leave off with him. Moral of the story. Keep your trap shut. Yeah. If you see an underground city in Rhode Island, don't tell anybody about it. If you see something, don't say something. Yeah. So after that one, um, we have learned to enchant our items and like weapons and stuff like that. Um, so we then take over as Alex again, and we are able to uh, use her blade to open up the pantry. Magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or actually, no. Is we that- did. We did that for this chapter. The Max yeah, that's chapter. Is yeah. that the one where there's a, a chapter of, of Eternal Darkness in the spice jar? Yeah, that that was that one. Um where I store mine. It's good to, well, yeah, where you know. The um the the next piece was actually where we're able to detect hidden things, and that's when we could finally use that dresser key. Um my thing is, and so Dave, you mentioned it because you said that the game got slightly easier when you realized that there was a rock, paper, scissors thing. So in combat, are you using magic? Yeah. Um, and I forget how it works, but I think like red enemies will take more damage from a green and no, no red enemies will take more damage from a blue enchanted item. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then I think green beats blue yep red beats green uh and then it looks like eventually we get purple which is kind of strong against everything or at least that's that's what the pictures would lead me to believe well that comes up in the next chapter i don't know if any of you guys um got it or not um but the next chapter, uh, we take over as Dr. Edwin Lindsay. Uh, this takes place in 1983. Uh, and Lindsay is an archaeologist um, who is going back to the ruins, as we've constantly done. Um, and uh, <laughs> he is accompanied by... This is very um, Writers of Lost Ark at the very beginning of, the, of that movie. So, um, he's, he's there all really excited. He's used this new satellite technology to find the temple and all this stuff. And he's got this guy who's kind of like the benefactor, um, 
following along with him. Um, the issue is is that the benefactor, um, as I'm looking at the, I didn't know this, but I'm looking at the fact, um, is a uh, name Paul Augusta Augustine Augustine. Um, who is actually Pius Augustus in disguise. So, um, he turns on him once he finds the temple and, uh, starts shooting at him, but luckily he's, he, he escapes. Um, and so we then take over as him while he's going through this, this new temple. So I, I, I just want to interject because this is probably my favorite thing that has happened in the game so far. Uh-huh. So they get into the temple and, you know, he's he's cowering behind stuff as this other guy is shooting from him. The other guy runs off. Uh, zombies appear and the camera zooms in on Lindsay's fucking dead, flat, expressionless, no reaction face. Like he just nothing at all happens. And it's like it was supposed to be this dramatic zoom in shot, except they forgot to make his face do anything. And it just comes across as hilarious. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe he's just that stone cold. Yeah, (laughs) nothing phases this dude. Yeah, he's like, this is a fucking Tuesday, man, whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, uh. Dr. Lindsay is uh, well-armed, to say the least. He has, like, a machete along with a um, a pistol, automatic pistol, and a shotgun. Of course, these are all limited um, because bullets, you know, he's only got a certain amount of bullets and shells. Um, but a really good sanity effect that I got with him was uh, I went into a, uh, a new room and... There was fucking ammo laying everywhere. Yeah, I got that one too. And I started picking it up, and all of a sudden, it all disappeared. And I was like, "Ah, damn it!" <laughs> so it was. Yeah, that one was pretty good. But this is the longest freaking chapter in it so far. And I was pretty liberal with the ammo, and I don't think I I never ran out of anything. I I, I was out of shotgun ammo by the time I made it to the last room, but I was still had pistol ammo. I also, because like you said, this runs on long enough, like there's a lot of rooms where it's kind of like grab the thing in the middle and then get out. So after a while, I started running past shit because by this point you have the restore your sanity spell. So I didn't feel the need to kill everything and finish it to get my sanity back. Yeah, I decided because I'm usually lost and backtracking quite a bit. So I, I didn't want to have to keep walking into those rooms and fighting them, so I ended up uh, usually just killing them the first time. The the other thing is that while nothing works while you're moving, the only way to restore magic is by walking around. You can sit in one spot forever and your magic does not recover. The, yeah, there were a couple of times if I knew there was one of the big three-faced things in the next room. I was just kind of pacing back and forth in the hallway, <laughs> trying to build up magic so That's that I could heal myself. So, yeah, the man, the traps. So many hallways with traps. 
And and I know that this is the same areas, like ex- almost exactly the same areas as before. For some reason in this chapter, avoiding the floor tiles seemed a lot more doable. Yeah. Like I felt like the last time there would just be tiles that stretched across the entire hallway. And there was a couple of them in this chapter, but most of them, if you took your time, you could avoid triggering a lot of the stuff, which was a much appreciated change. Right. So traveling all through this, it's like four levels of, of this crap. Um, we run into a new enemy. Uh, this one looks like a bat. Um, I, I, I have no idea what to target this thing with. I looked at the fact and it said target it in the back and I was like, okay, but that seemed to do nothing more than what I did normally facing it. Yeah, with these guys, I used the pistol, I targeted the head, and I made sure that I always had my... So I've, I've been using the magic in combat quite a bit, but only after I die. And I'm like, all right, well, that guy's hard, so I'll use the counter magic and then target its head with a pistol so I don't have to get that close to it. Right. Because I ran most of these levels just using the machete. Uh-huh. But whenever I die, I would switch over and, and try and be a bit more cautious, play the game the way I think it wants me to play it. So, yeah, um, uh, the, the other thing, and this is optional, um, is that you get a spell where you summon one of those really annoying things that teleport you, which, um, God, what are they called? Trackers, trappers, trappers. the trappers. Um, and basically what you do, you use this spell and you can actually control one of those little trappers as they, and walk around with them. And when you get the spell, you're at the end of the level. If you go through one more door, you're at the end of the level. But as I was looking at the fact, because I had no idea what to do with this thing. Oh shit. If you I go, just realized what that is. <laughs> yeah. If you go all the way back up two flights of stairs. You run back into this area that you kind of took the force field off. You can summon a trapper and make it go through a little hole in the wall. Doing so will reveal the fourth color um, symbol or whatever, the purple one. And when you get it, then you can use the purple color. Crap. I remember, you know hitting the inspect button or whatever. And it's like, this has a hole that would be, you know, a small dog could fit through. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, that's oddly specific. Like clearly that is going to come up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but then, yeah, by the end of that chapter, I was like, just whatever, just keep going downstairs until cutscene happens. And this is, is that the only way to get the purple? I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing so. I don't know exactly what purple does. It beats everything. Is that what it means? Yeah, I saw one of the, you know, so there's like the circular diagram of the of the red, the the blue and the green. Yeah. And then, you know, so, and then there's arrows pointing from, you know, what to what. And there's one with purple in the middle with an arrow pointing to all three of the outer ones. So so I think the purple is just kind of universally if I had to guess, it's probably somewhere between regular and the rock, paper, scissors thing. Right. 
I'm wondering if I were to use restore with purple, what would it restore everything? That would be nice. That's a good question. Yeah, I guess I could always try it. But yeah, so when we make it to the end of uh, Dr. Lindsay's chapter, um, he actually goes into the layer of uh, Manitok. Is that what the, the, the old god's name is? Yeah, uh, Manitok. Mantarok? Mantarok. These names. But yeah, Mantarok. Uh, we go back into that lair um, and we run into um, a now deeply decomposed skeletal but still alive um, Elia, who was from the second chapter. Um, if we remember correctly, she was the one that was given the heart of... Um, Mantarok, uh, and that is the source of his power. Um, and she says that we need to take it and protect it, but she specifically says, do not touch it because if you touch it, you turn into something like me. It saps you of all of your energy, your life, and you're left kind of just a zombie. So, um, Dr. Lindsay takes it, uh, puts it into a case. And then takes it to Alex's grandfather. We see a cutscene of him taking it to Alex's grandfather. Alex puts it, or Alex's grandfather puts it, uh, in a secret door that's on a bookshelf in his library. Uh, and then covers it up with the most goofiest, hey, there's totally nothing behind this fucking wall, uh, book that looks like, a, I don't know, like one of those old Polk comics. I'll just put this book perpendicular to all of the other books yeah. on the shelf. So <laughs> this is fabulous in that, in that last section uh, before basically um, that, that back door opens. If you walk up to Mantarok, then it, you know, your inspector, whatever triggers this great description of him. Um, and I was trying to look it up really quickly. And what I landed on instead was the Facebook page for Mantarok, the corpse God, which <laughs> is exactly what you think. It is. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's, well, I can send him a message. Uh huh. Oh, what, is it still is it still active? I, yeah, it appears to be. I'm not. Uh, I'm not actually logged into Facebook. Hang on. <laughs> Mantrock the corpse god. Oh, he hasn't posted since 2012. Oh well, maybe. Augustus got a hold of him. Yeah, that's he it looks like he was pretty busy up until then. <laughs> Mantarok loves you. Stay sane. December twenty first, twenty ten. Was it was Stay it is it basically like pictures of like eternal darkness shit, or is this like So he's got two photos. One is basically a, a screen cap of, you know, the big you know jiggling whatever and the other one is a picture of a kid superimposed on that first picture okay <laughs> like standing in front of him well there you go if you guys want to go visit Mantarox facebook page you can 
but yeah, so what we learn from there, obviously, is that we know where Mantarok's heart is in the mansion in Rhode Island. And that is where I stopped. And I think everybody else did too, except for Matt. He's right before that. So spoilers, Matt, just FYI. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this was a, the, like the last chapter was pretty long. Um, but I, I mean, I guess to me, choosing blue was the best way to go because it seems like it's the easiest route because I honestly have not died. I've, I've died a fair amount, but it's been in clusters. Mm -hmm. And reminds me that games of this era don't checkpoint and you need to fucking save a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you humble, man. On the other hand, at least they do let you save almost anywhere you want. Yeah, it's it seems it kind of seems like they've designated like combat zones. Yeah. Um, but anything other than that, it's almost finish a room, save. Even then, there's times where I was in a room where everything was dead. And it was still saying, oh, well, there's darkness here. You can't save here. And I was like, well, shit. I think it's more location-based than, like, state-based. Right. So, I don't know. It's I, I'm finally getting interesting, at least. I, like, I'm finally getting the story. Um, after all these years, I finally, I guess I'm getting the story, it seems like. Yeah, I think I'm getting it more than I did the first time we played it. Oh, yeah. I know I, know I am this time. So... And, I mean, the game really kicks it into gear in these chapters. I think really, especially five and six, like it throws in this whole concept of different colors being meaningful. I went from, I think, two spells to like seven. Um, yeah. It really like it. It really piles on the depth very quickly once you hit that tipping point. And it starts to flesh out the story a bit with not just here's a new chapter, here's a new character. Now here's a different chapter with a different character. They're starting to have things come full circle a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter six, especially when I'm, you know, when you're in that spot and you're doing a lot of the same puzzle solving elements with the jewelry uh, that you did in two, I guess. And then you find the girl from chapter two at the end. It it is starting to tie together some in ways that are pretty cool. I got to look up Manta Rock here. You looking up Manta Rock the Corpse God? Uh, Yeah. He won't run to me. Facebook. Yep, there it is. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow, this is uh this is dumb. All right. <laughs> it's dumb in a really great way. Yeah. I have no idea what that that's a fan photo. All right, whatever. But yeah, uh that's where we're going to end it uh for now. Um but yeah, um I I mean, it's 
thoughts? I mean, you guys, you guys don't hate it enough to quit, obviously. No, I actually like it quite a bit. I yeah. mean, the the parts that have been frustrating for me, you know, ha- you know, half of it's probably just the rushing, but the other half, you know, the it, the the fact that the game allows you to take a bit more of a measured approach and sort of slow things down a bit, save it, you know, between every wave often or room after room you know, makes it so that it, when it is difficult, almost no matter how difficult it is, you can make progress. Uh, and I appreciate that on the combat side because it is a bit clunky, a bit slow. And so being able to compensate for that a bit keeps the frustration level very low, even when I'm dying repeatedly. Right. And aside from that, you know, I'm still liking the the way the game is sort of structured, it's broken out to be a bit more piecemeal than it could have otherwise. You know, you get to see quite a bit of variety of time periods and characters, and now that they're starting to tie into each other, that's that's pretty cool. You know, there's a bit more that happens even in the small mansion than I expected would happen before the first time I played the game, at least. Yeah. So, no, it, it, it keeps things fairly fresh so far. You know, it's never gotten sort of stagnant at all, although it'd be hard to with this many characters and this in only like four hours of play. Right. But no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm nowhere near as far as we were into it last time, so I'm I'm hoping to catch up and and surpass that and finally see the end of the game this time. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna do that. And um, Dave, you you feel kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah, I'm I think it's also interesting how it's starting to play more into the house. So the chapters are are doing more than just fill in some backstory. It's like, "Oh, and so now I'm pointing you in the direction of how you're going to open this new area in the house." Yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of like Matt you were saying about uh you take for granted that you're safe in that sort of hub world. Um yeah. and it's the main points of the story are now starting to expand that hub world in interesting ways. Um, and just kind of the fact that you, you get to look at things a little bit differently because you play a chapter and you gain new spells. And then all of that stuff comes with you back into the main part of the game. So I found myself is that since she's reading it, she understands how to do the spells. Do we, do we get any more of an answer on that? I know we had sort of had a question like this last week or two weeks ago. You know what? What exactly is that? so? Is she reading how the previous characters figured out how to do stuff, and then I'm, because of that, now she has that knowledge? I'm guessing so. That that would be yeah. That would be my assumption. Right. Is, but, but right, I do love the way it plays with that. So yeah, um, it's almost like having a nightmare that starts bleeding over into reality. Yeah, yeah, and and then that's that's the other stuff that I like. Like I'm starting to see just every once in a while minor sanity effects in the house itself. So like we talked about the banging last time, but there will periodically be just a little bit of blood dripping down a wall. You know, it's like where you're starting to see those elements creep in. Um, 
again kind of to your to your safe space almost like the like the thing in the bathtub um that i i think it plays with those in nice ways because you expect those when you're in the action portions not as much you know when you're up all right back to this girl who walks around the house yeah that's um one of the one of the good things that that creeped me out the first time I played it was uh, when you're walking by the um, the statue, like the bust, the head starts turning and watching you, which is really good. Stuff like that, but yeah, it's definitely got its charm to it. I, I, I'm curious of what a I mean, when we say a sequel to this game would be like nowadays. You know, sanity's reducing. Oh yeah, I mean we could do that, sure. But I'm just, I'm just thinking like a game that screws with you like that in a modern sense. There's so many things that that it could do, like like it can reload your dashboard, like you'd be sent like to the Xbox One dashboard, and when you load it back up, it brings you back into the game or something like that. Small stuff like that. I mean, they, there's there's some pretty creative ways that the game could screw with you. I would, I would really love to, to have like an all out sort of thing. Um, it's, and it would be hard to do with, you would know to expect it, but like I would love when I'm playing the game to have my phone start randomly going off. <laughs> yeah, like an, like almost like an alternate reality game where yeah. you'll send emails and, and texts and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, I'm playing this game and my grandmother's calling me, except she's dead. Yeah. You know, that's that's asking for a lot. But I, I think at this point, just doing stuff within the console and the TV, like, you know, popping up and saying that my TV's on mute is still novel. But I I, I think I think they've probably already spent that dime when it comes to that stuff and they would really have to reach farther out do you think vr could could offer up some more immersive fuckings with i mean if if you did vr with a sort of yeah like like an ar sort of thing I, that would provide you an amazing level of sanity effects or i'm thinking you know that they keep showing that demo for resident evil 7 i mean i i can imagine being so unnerved in a setting like that in vr that almost anything would scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, like if I'm playing a game and I hear my dog walk into the room and then I turn and my dog's like skinless, (laughs) you know, like we're not there technology wise, but like that kind of stuff that fucks with your own house and your own stuff. There's actually, I think you, I think it was on Kickstarter. I don't know if it got funded or not, but there was a a augmented reality game kind of like that that used your phone, and it was basically you would use the camera on your phone, hold it sideways, and using your camera on your phone, you would see ghosts on your phone, but they're not in front of you. Yeah, it would reveal the the world behind, basically. Yeah. Um, I always go back to the, the the remake of the House on Haunted Hill, where it has the 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 woman that played Sonya Blade 
holding up the video camera and she sees a bunch of ghosts like working on somebody like doctors working on somebody but there's nobody there in real life kind of thing um they had a game like that it was supposed to be like you were supposed to get away from the ghost and hold up your phone and like you know that looked cool as hell um and that's the kind of thing that i i could imagine scaring the living shit out of somebody um but yeah that's you know i, I don't think we have that technology yet um I- I feel like in the, I don't know, maybe like early 2000s, there was a PC game that attempted to do something like that. Like you would, like you would get emails about assignments or it was, it was intended to be like that sort of fourth wall breaking stuff, but I don't remember anything about it except it was going to try and do that. So it, might very well have been one of those things that I read about in a magazine that never actually became a game. I remember. I Go ahead. I feel like somebody's at least tried that. Yeah, I thought there was at least one good ARG where you were supposed to be like a detective on the trail of a serial killer, and they would send you emails and, and text you and leave you voicemails and stuff. Yeah. And like it, that would be the killer that was like toying with you. And they, okay. They would, yeah, that, that sounds like my vague recollection of. So that actually that did happen. That was a game. Yeah, I, I think it was. I remember there was, and this is the dumbest reference ever. Um, there was two of them. It was really cheesy, but we played them because I used to live when I lived with my roommates. That was, we loved doing stuff that scared the shit out of you. And uh, there was these games that was sponsored by Doritos, no less. Uh, called Hotel Six to Six. There was Hotel Six to Six, and there was something else that was Six to Six. It was a sequel, and you could only play it from six p.m. to six a.m. And it was basically uh, a really simple, like flash browser game. Um, it was all about you know seeing ghosts and shit like that. But I remember it asked you to put in your phone number, and it would call you randomly while you were doing stuff and it would be an automated call obviously but it was something that was trying to like scare you um i don't know if those still exist but i remember we had a fucking blast playing those constantly we'd always invite new people over that never played it before and it's basically like it's like a 15 minute thing of you just you know you, you click on stuff um but it did pretty well. There was a couple of times where people jumped. And if you had a, a webcam set up, it would take pictures of you while the scary stuff happened just to get your reaction. It would show you at the end. Um, I'm curious if those websites are still up. I know that the one was called Hotel 6 to 6. I can't remember what the other one was. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, there's, there's a few things out there that, that was kind of interesting. I remember that, that one because you were saying something would call you. And I was like, I don't totally remember that game asking for your phone number and it would call you and, and talk to you. That I mean, that just sounds, especially now with cell phones, like if you're walking around this haunted type house and you, you know, you're walking by the phone and like your phone goes off in your pocket, you know, time to sort of events like that. Right. Yeah. It seemed like that they would have an opportunity to be really cool. But yeah, that's that's for that's future stuff that we we can hope happens down the line. Um, but yeah, that's it for Eternal Darkness. 
for this week. Um, I do want to um, mention uh, we do have our game that everyone voted on. There was, I think, 60 votes. It might have been 59. Um, but we had uh, voted for our November game. Um, it was between um, Mass Effect, L.A. Noir, Ghostbusters, and... Crap, what was the other game? Rage. And almost by a landslide, Mass Effect won. So, a bit different than last time. Yeah. Where it was neck and neck till the very last moment. <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur or Wolfenstein The New Order. <laughs> Basically the same game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are... I can see why you guys put those up against each other. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, uh, we're gonna be doing Mass Effect, uh, during the month of November. Um, me and John are, um, in fact, I've already ordered my copy. So, yeah, I was, I was like, I asked online today, hey, uh, does the PC version run pretty well? Cause I remember that game ran like ass on Xbox 360. That's it, what I have is the PC version. Yeah. And so I was like, I wonder if there's mods out there that kind of clean it up a little bit. But then, uh, Ken told me that, oh yeah, you can get it on Steam for nineteen ninety nine. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not paying twenty bucks on this old ass game when I can go to GameStop right now and pay thirty five and get all three games in the trilogy. So I went ahead and ordered off Amazon the Mass Effect trilogy for PlayStation three. And I oh, guess nice. I'm I'm gonna play it like that. And depending on how much I like Mass Effect one, which I like that game a good amount. I might play play through the entire trilogy. Yeah, I like that game, but it's no Mass Effect Two. That's for damn sure. Well, yeah, they. Oh man, Mass Effect One. That game is something special in more ways than one. But that <laughs> it, that was going to be our next game after Eternal Darkness. Um. I'm hoping to finish Eternal Darkness. How you guys want to do this? You want to do it one more episode? You want to do two episodes? I I think we might have to do one more because I'm gone like all next week. Okay. So you, are you going to be able to record next week or should we wait? Uh, I am gone Monday through Thursday. Okay. Um, then we're going to have to... In do, two weeks? In two weeks finish this, mm. this game. Actually, the following week, I could potentially be gone Tuesday. And if the Indians go to the World Series, and if the World Series goes to Game Six and Seven, okay, then I would be gone Tuesday and Wednesday. But I could do Monday, okay, or or something else. That's that's totally fine. We'll we'll work it out um, in email. But uh, if that's the case, then we will be um, taking the week off. I will most certainly try to get a intermission show out. I know I said I was going to get one out last week. I did not. Um, just a lot of review games popped up and stuff like that and, and overwatch, but, um, because I always play overwatch. Uh, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll we will be back next week. I'll, I'll get something up. Uh, I can, I can almost guarantee that. So, but I yeah. do appreciate it. So yeah. Yeah. We can, we can totally do that. Just me and you shoot the shit. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, uh, if you'd like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Um, and you can tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Uh, Matt is at REMGS and Dave is at BoxDP. Uh, and the podcast itself is at ztgdphoenixdown. 
Uh, get in contact with us. Send us an email. Um, talk about Eternal Darkness. I know there's a couple people playing along with us. At least I thought there were. I know I've heard it from a lot of people that they said they're going to play Mass Effect along with me and John. So we got that one at least. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week with an intermission show. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with I don't know what number intermission. So, an intermission show.